Okay, well, lucky you. You are on time for the very beginning of season two of The Deep End. Every show that gets remembered changes some things. You know, uh, they replace the Darren. There's some new writer. There's some new character. Elaine shows up. I mean, there's just different things that happen in the course of shows. And we're just going to start with putting the microphone on the table. We're going to try that. Maybe you'll like that. Well, I'm sure we'll get lots of feedback. Adam is trying to reach it. There. <laughs> and are you a guy that points in pictures as if we don't see the other person and cannot figure out that, oh, I'm with Josh Allen. I'm pointing at him because that's a cooler. Only when I'm next to Mike Evans stuff at the Hall of Fame. That's the only time. Point. You point at that so that we know what to look at. <laughs> that's right. right. Welcome, everybody. The first of our two shows this week and every week through the season, March 1st. This is The Deep End. Enjoy. Let's go. I think I love March 1st. Why? It ends February, which is, the, it's got to be the worst month. When you live up where we do, Western New York, it's just Ugh. so gross all the time. It's either impassable or it's all slushy and dirty. There's nothing else in February. Then March comes along, you can think about spring and warmth and maybe, uh, I don't know, the combine. Yeah, Mike, I drove from here, from Western New York, to Disney and back, I didn't see one, there was not one drop of precipitation for nine days until I got to Livonia, New York, which is 15 <laughs> minutes outside of my house. Three feet of snow. It's it's a blizzard. I'm like, what am I doing here? We all say that uh, eventually, but you're a little young to say that. You're a little early to the why do I live like this uh, take. <laughs> but one reason why we do is, Adam, the big winners in fantasy football keep being from here. Oh, yeah. Amazingly, we had the half million dollar main event FFPC winner be three guys from Buffalo, one of whom I know had been on this show. And then the playoff challenge, the same thing, a different guy from here. Like, do you have, is this, I was saying last year, I think I have to upgrade this comp. Last year it was the San Pedro de Macaris of fantasy. I think it's more than that. I feel like now you really need to be here to expect to win. Like this is a hotbed, and we can thank we bad. can thank uh, the Bills for that for being terrible for twenty years. That's all we hit. Like I could, <laughs> I watched the Bills. Obviously, I love them, but like you know, it's 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 all I had on Sundays was you know uh, JP Lossman and my fantasy football team. You know, so uh, that was it. And I think that's a lot of these guys. Yeah, like you said, the main event champs, the the playoff champ for the FFPC, you know, uh, the Draft Sharks guys, you, Leone. Yep. I mean, it's a hotbed. Leone. We all got sharp, you're saying. That's the theory. That's one working theory right now. We all got sharp during the drought, during yes. the Bills drought. Well, whatever yeah. it is, it's amazing that both of those champions came from here. Congratulations to them. And so now we're on to 2022. We're doing two shows a week, Tuesdays and Thursday nights. Yep. Tuesdays more toward the uh, original concept, geared toward the high-stakes player. We'll talk about best ball drafts tonight, what's been happening, some trends, and some strategies. Then Thursdays, starting this week, we will do more of a dynasty focus. I can't wait for that because I've got problems. I, I mean, I cannot figure out how to make trades this year. I don't know why. It's got to be some sort of a shortcoming, but I haven't figured out what it is yet. And um, we'll Yeah, that'll be that. fun. We can, we can dive into like real – 
nitty gritty, you know, specific trades questions, specific draft questions, stuff that we don't have time for in a regular like one hour episode. Yeah, you know, when we're covering general topics, right. we can we can dive into that type stuff. Challenges make life more interesting. One for us right now is where to sleep in Canton in August. Uh, <laughs> we are on the hotel hunt. We got our expo tickets, but there's no place to stay. No, it's so I, I you know. We get it. We, we get our tickets. We, we get in. Right. And, uh, you know, so I got my confirmation. I'm ready to go on. So I run on the website. All right, let's get our hotels. Cause we, we, we went to this last year. We stayed right there. You know, so I go, I go to the hotels. Wah, wah, wah. A big sold out next to the double tree Hilton, uh, heartbreak hotel. I, I'm, I'm immediately <laughs> messaging everybody that I know in Canton, which is, which is Bob Long. And that's it. So uh, and Mike Evans cleats and Mike Evans cleats. Those are your two J- contacts in Canton: are Bob Long and Mike Evans cleats. And now and now Josh Allen's cleats. Don't don't forget about those. <laughs> are they? Okay. They're there already. Is that what they, you're saying? Well, no. For listen, four years, hundred passing, thirty rushing, only guy ever. They're they're there. What um, are these other places? What's the problem with these other places? Uh, we can do it. I just wanted to be like you know, it, it's happening at the DoubleTree Hilton. So that's kind of oh, where I went. That stay. was my yearbook quote. That's, that's that's where it happens. It's all happening at the double tree. Hey, call us. We're always looking for more sponsors. <laughs> this is brought to you by DraftSharks.com. Um, yeah. So no, we're we're gonna get there. We're gonna find. I don't care if we have to sleep in the back of the car. We'll, I care uh, we'll, about that. I we'll, I, I, mean, I, I we'll call Maddie. Maddie, if you're listening, give us a give us a ring. <laughs> find us a spot. <laughs> waitress at the steakhouse <laughs> in where that was like a half an hour away. That's right. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll figure something out, I guess. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Well, I think that's a cool weekend. And if the weather that Saturday night is the same as last year, that's a home run night. I mean, it was great last year to have so many people there. Perfect weather outside Browns in the preseason. You know, if you care, that was yeah. pretty good. So I'm excited to go back. I mean, we really didn't do much with the, seminars or anything uh but they they were interesting i mean it was mostly about the people right yeah it's about um meeting all the people and it seems like this year i mean the events in august and the hotel is sold out in in february like good. i think it really uh took off last year the fantasy football expo um and i think it's going to be bigger this year there's there's a flag football game i'm offended i i, I listen i run do i have to start posting flag football highlights to twitter mike I run leagues all year long. Uh, I need to be the one-on-one in this, in the, in the, in this flag football game. So I'm going to, I'm going to start posting, posting some highlights. Well, what happened then? There's a poker game too. Did, did people that partake in the event that, that are in the know suggest ideas? And then I think they, so. They said, sure. Yeah. I think it was, let's have a flagging. Cause uh, the party Saturday night party is at an indoor, an indoor, facility turf field so i think they've got plenty of space and um the poker game i mean it sounds uh outstanding um jayco jim coventry and i are going to go head to head again oh Um, the rematch the long awaited the rematch uh, (laughs) the rematch between me and jayco so uh it's going to be a phenomenal weekend i plan on uh having having a good time okay so that's in August. We look forward to that, and we'll figure out a place to stay. I'm not sleeping in your car. Now, <laughs> as for current drafts, why people are here. So yes. rookies are an interesting one. 
And I'm looking for help on this because I think, I think, yeah, the natural tendency is to like, who are these guys? We don't know where there's a lot of negatives. We don't know where they're going. We don't know if they'll get, you know, picked on the first or second day. We don't know if there'll be a committee, you know, it's hard to come up with too many teams that seem wide open at running back and more and more teams are leaning toward committee anyway. And that's just one position quarterback, obviously, you know, right now it's hard to last year. It was easy. There were several, but right now, who is the team exactly? You tell me right now where you want to put your money that will be starting a rookie week one. I mean, it's not, it's not an easy call. So it seems like, especially Adam, it's a year where maybe you're more conservative on rookies. Tight end is always slow running back. A lot of people have different favorites. Does that add up to value or opportunity for drafters who think they know something, have an edge, or even maybe don't care whether they have an edge and just feel like there's inherent value in the rookies. I feel like I've seen some of the data recently that suggests that. Yeah. So this was, this is a new thing to people who are like just getting into fantasy football. And, and, and a lot of this underdog really helps with that because the drafts are 10 bucks. You can, you know, you can compete for a million dollars or half a million dollars for, for a $10 entry or whatever. And so this helps kind of the growing uh, fad that is fantasy football, which is, which is excellent. Um, but this is new, this, this drafting in January and February, this is a new thing kind of to the, to the fantasy football world. And it's, it's, it's great. It's fun. And I say that to say, you should only be drafting right now to draft rookies. That's the only reason why I would be in these drafts, these underdog tournaments, the FFPC tournaments is to draft rookies because after the NFL draft, the rookies prices are going to inflate most of them. Right. So like the only reason you should be in here drafting is to, is to draft rookies at below their, but below their cost. I mean, you get, and, and for the most part, it's going to be running backs, right? So B- Brees Hall is the one that's been going the highest. He's going to RB 22 in the underdog drafts, right? ADP 61. I've probably left every, I've done six or seven of these, um, of these uh, underdogs re- recently. And I think I've left maybe six, five or six, 90% or maybe all of them with Brees Hall, because if he goes to a team that really needs a running, like let's say Tampa doesn't bring back Fournette. They don't bring back Rojo. Keyshawn Vaughn stinks. They go out and draft Brees Hall. He's a second round pick or a two, three turn pick probably. And you're going to get him in the fifth, fifth round, you know? So I would be targeting, I would be going into these drafts specifically targeting rookies. Now I'm not saying reach for them because that doesn't help. Right. But if you go in and like Kenny Walker, Kenneth Walker, RB, RB 30 going at 96 overall, those are guys I, I got to leave my drafts with because if the same scenario happens, if, if Buffalo or Tampa Bay or something goes in drafts, one of these guys day two, they're immediately going to, going to skyrocket three, four or five rounds. So you want to get them now before the NFL draft. Sure. And if you don't know if the team you want to have draft Brees Hall, say the Buccaneers has a preference to someone else, then that could work out too. If he ends up in a split situation, maybe like Javante Williams did for Denver. I mean, in dynasty, you can't even be that upset that that happened in Denver or even the idea today that Melvin Gordon, the GM today talked about, getting him back. Like you still like the player 
and running backs are hard to land in Dynasty. So there's that part of it, too. But Williams was startable. Talking about best ball drafts, you got some you had some value there with Javante Williams last year, and that wasn't ideal, even though the team that drafted him traded up to do it, and it seemed like it would be an obvious home run. Darren Armani had – it's Dwayne McFarland here for me and Darren Armani that I'm thinking of, where yeah. Dwayne was setting the table for – you know, running backs, this is when to do it. This is a good way to do it, as you're saying. And then Darren came in with win rates from yeah. last year at FFPC. And the only rookie, I think, whose win rates were higher after the NFL draft was Jalen Waddell, which means if you drafted any one of those guys last year before the draft, like we're drafting now, or yeah. after, you were likelier to win. You had a higher win rate for the teams that drafted before, except for Jalen Waddell. Which, okay. I don't know if that says anything, but it's, what it says, the, the bigger sample overall is what you're saying and what we're talking about, which is don't be afraid to do it now. There will be, I mean, if this is part of the equation, there will be plenty of veterans that get squeezed out that we don't expect to have happen, you know, and teams will be on, on rookies. It's more affordable. It's just sort of good business to do that. Those guys are often excellent. So, um, you know, I, I'm buying into it. I feel like it's a little bit its a little bit counterintuitive, especially if you don't do the college game. If you don't – yeah, it doesn't, I don't think there's a, necessarily a benefit, Adam, to scouting Kyron Williams at Notre Dame and having a take on Kyron Williams. But what you want to be, I think, in terms of drafting is sort of willing to accept the randomness and look at the data, and that leads you to if it's between or even if it's tilted toward, against the rookie – a rookie versus a veteran guy that you're not that excited about, or there's a question, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette versus Brees Hall, not even whether Brees Hall goes to Tampa. That's side-by-side side in ADP. One guy's much younger, and if a team is in love with him, great. <laughs> I think I think the answer is yes to should we draft rookies a little bit earlier than we do. I think that's the bottom line. Yeah, and I think, too, take advantage of people have been just really – taking a dump on these on this draft class this 2022 draft class i mean i think they've seen you know we've seen all these polls recently of like hey would you would you take the 101 this year or a random first round pick in your dynasty league next year and and some people said next year like that's just it's crazy this class is not as bad as people make make it out to be there's going to be some hits and at the running their position you don't even have to be good you just need opportunity Right. So you get the right opportunity. It doesn't matter if you think Brees Hall is good or Kenneth Walker or whatever. Like if they get the right spot, if the team thinks they're okay and they get the right spot, they're gonna they're gonna exceed their draft position that people are taking them now. You know, there's some good there's some good um young receivers that are going rookies, um, or soon to be rookies. Some are going actually the receivers are going a little bit high, some of them for for, for me around uh, people, players that are going around like Traylon Burks. So I receiver 34, you know, he's going around like Jerry Judy, Hunter Renfro area. Like I'll take Hunter Renfro and Judy over him right now, especially when I don't know where he's landing and receivers need a little bit more luck. Like they need to find the right system. They need to find the right quarterback. They need to find a lot more needs to hit for rookie receivers to hit. Whereas running backs, man, if they just get drafted to the right spot, um, they're going to, they're going to do well. Bottom line is be aggressive, be willing when it comes to rookies. And I appreciate the work Dwayne does and did on this case. And also uh, Darren for showing that 
you know, provably. So that's good. Let me let me share if you can help me, Adam. The one screen. It's always yeah. fun to look back at drafts. This was my first ever rookie draft in the the famed League of Shopes and Dreams. I, I know, Adam. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's not a spot for you at this time. <laughs> but so 2018 was our startup, and this is 2019. And look at that first round. It's pretty gross. Now you can draft veterans in this league too. This was our first ever rookie draft for me and several of my friends who are in this. And I mean, you've got, it's not terrible all the way around, but you know, the start of it, Nikhil Harry, of course, guys picking in the top five, would you agree overall top six? Murray's a quarterback first round overall disappointed. With can you, how you zoom did. in a little bit, Mike? I, 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 uh, my eyes are getting old. I don't know if I can. How do I do it? Okay. Wait a I minute. Know. I could go to the other screen. <laughs> you're you're telling me that your eyes are getting old. All right. <laughs> Let's try this. There we go. Beautiful. Like how I figured oh, that out. Josh Jacobs, Enkeel so, Harry, ahead. Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Daryl Henderson, Paris. Adam, Adam is seeing Adam is seeing this for the first time. This is not a league he's in. This is the nope. 2019 rookie draft, and that first round is is kind of hard. Paris Campbell, hey, had to be you. I know you're a big Paris Campbell guy. No, I am. I like him, but no, it was not. You're not the the Van Buren boys. I am you? Chesterfield South, and I drafted Hawkinson, <laughs> and then traded him too. But yeah, anyway, so, I mean, yeah, go ahead. The, the simple point here is this is a draft that rem, this year's draft reminds me of. In terms of how our pe people are talking about, uh, we didn't really like Josh Jacobs. We don't really like Montgomery. Nobody's ever liked Montgomery. Sanders, right. you know, there's all these Nikhil Harry, really? Like, there are all these questions about the first round. Look at the second round. Oh, baby. Metcalf, Haskins, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown, Demarcus Robinson, Benny Snell Jr., Arcega right. yeah, I mean, Whiteside, Deontay Deontay. Johnson, Noah Fant. Daniel Jones, Hakeem Butler. Yeah, we'll talk about Daniel Jones more later. Yeah, I mean, I'm then, still waiting on, on Hakeem Butler to break out. Are, are you? Take another sip. So uh, <laughs> McLaurin in the third round, Andrews. I'm not trying to cherry pick. It's just a point that you just don't know. And every just don't good know. fantasy player knows that you just don't know. And yep. in the second round, you had some studs there. Smash I mean, I, I'm Chesterfield. That was A.J. Brown, Deontay, and, Fan, and Madison. I think I might have had four of the five, four of the six best picks of the round. Yeah, right there. But I didn't know anything. I wasn't scouting college players then either. Yeah, it's just re relax when it comes to I don't know who these guys are. This, there's all these negatives toward each prospect and the overall uncertainty. I think we made the point where they're going to go and where, where yeah. their teams ultimately, uh, you know, count on them to be important in their rookie year. Totally. Yeah. No. All right. So. Get after it when it comes to rookies. That's where we ended up. That's right. Let's move on. So we want to talk about you're focused more on underdog. I've been doing both, but I'm more in the FFPC place uh, mentally. ADPs, except for the tight ends, are probably most of the same, Adam, right? I'm sorry. What was that, Mike? ADPs, FFPC versus underdog, except for the tight ends. Really yeah, close. the tight ends, um, quarterbacks have been going, I think, a little bit uh, earlier in the FF in underdog. I'm sorry, I'm trying, I'm trying to wrap my head around this a little bit earlier in the in the underdog. Running backs always go earlier in the FFPC. Um, 
obviously, I mean, you have to start three receivers in, in underdog. So running backs aren't going to go as, as, as fast. And I've been doing more underdogs, to be honest with you, because they just they fill up so quickly. You know what I mean? I, I can get in one now, and the draft is ready, ready to roll. So, uh, But obviously, I'll have, my, I'll, I'll have my money in the FFBC too. So, Well, underdog, you're talking 10 bucks. Ten bucks fills quick, right? Uh, quickly, and that's the yep. advantage there. It's like good; it's good practice. Whereas sure. FFPC, you're on Absolutely. thirty-five or, or higher, and it's a little bit of a different uh, equation. So, and plus, I'm more of a live draft guy too. Like, I don't, I don't like s- slow drafts, and I feel like FFPC right now is more slow drafts. Whereas underdog, you can get into a a, a, a thirty-second per pick one anytime. Right. I'd be doing that tonight, except, by the way, I have a baseball deadline at midnight for a roster freeze. Oh, my baseball deadline. What is, listen, I wore this in honor of, you know, the season being over before it started. So <laughs> oh, did you win the offseason? The, the roster freeze. <laughs> the Reds, I don't even know what the Red Sox did this offseason. Yeah. Chris Sale's well, not leaving. That's all, that's all I know. Whatever they did this offseason, they're still doing it because, you know, take your time. Right. That's right. All right, so uh, and we're on a little bit of a delay here, I think, Adam. But let's just try to press on. We're, we're going into who to avoid—not who to avoid, but we could add that. Who do we like? Who are our preferences in each round of these drafts? And we'll go for a few rounds here and see where we agree or disagree. And I think probably you should start because you have been really steadfast about your favorite player on this list. Yeah. So Christian McCaffrey is a guy I've been taking. Uh, I've had the number one pick this so far twice, and I haven't had another pick inside the top like seven. So I've gone uh, both times. I went, I pulled the trigger on Christian McCaffrey. Um, I just feel like we, we talked about this last time. People have been talking about the last couple of weeks. I just feel like one healthy, and everybody feels this way. I mean, I don't hear any. I don't hear anyone argue. Hey, if they both him and JT both play the same amount of games, JT's going to score more. I haven't even heard that that argument. So. If Christian McCaffrey is going to score more points, that's the guy I want. And it kind of reminds me of, you know, there was a Twitter discussion. I think Dave Kluge put it out there um, about, um, hey, do you want it? Would you rather have a guy play eight games and score 25 points a game, or you want a full season of 15 points a game? And I know this isn't the exact same thing, but it's, you know, would you rather have a full season of Jonathan Taylor at 21 points or a chance that Christian McCaffrey doesn't get you a full season at 30 points a game? Or 29 points a game because he was a top, he's been a top Christian McCaffrey's been a top five back every week he's played, uh, with the exception of just a few in the last three, three years. He's just he's perfect for, for fantasy football. So I'm gonna take that guy uh every time. So he's a guy I've been targeting uh in the first round. And if I don't have that, I've been picking kind of towards the back. A guy I've taken a lot of is not Najee Harris at nine, ten, eleven, because I just think he has a chance at you know, mega volume again, uh, uh, it's half point P- PPR. I get it, but the offense can only go up if they, even if they get like a Jimmy Garoppolo or whoever the quarterback is has to be able to, to move the ball better than, uh, the big Ben was doing towards the end there. So I really like Najee and they, they have another offseason to improve their offensive line. So he's a guy I've been taking it at kind of the back end of the first round quickly on McCaffrey. I've, I've the whole off season so far. I've liked this argument with McCaffrey, but I'm I'm kind of done with it. I mean, the the Colts. There's 100 percent confidence that the Colts know Taylor is there. He's their man. He's the man on that offense. And they might even sub out Wentz 
But whatever they do at quarterback, they're a little bit forced, and there's no way around Jonathan Taylor being the, the engine. McCaffrey, you know what, what I think helps people who want to rank him like you do is that they moved from Newton to Darnold and still and changed coaches and still proceeded yeah. as if Christian McCaffrey is like the everything of their offense. And I just can't see that happening again. If they go into this season with him, which what we're assuming they do, I mean, the contract, he, he got paid. If he gets traded, then okay, that changes it. But if, let's say he's in Carolina and we look at it like he's a guy that they're going to want to use because of his investment. Is it that investment is over a period of years? He's broken down two years in a row. I don't think the injuries mean he gets hurt again, but I do kind of think they will from the top down in that organization. Who's more important? There's no quarterback in that organization that outranks Christian McCaffrey. They will go slow with him because they, they want to save they want to save face. They want to get two or three more years out of him on that deal, make make it look like it was worth doing. And I think that probably means his usage comes down. And, you know, I've thought about that. I'm I'm okay with that. Like, rushing yards and carries mean nothing to, to me for fantasy football. Like, I want red zone touches, goal line touches, receptions, targets, uh, green zone, whatever you want to call it, touches inside the 10. As long as he gets those valuable touches, he may not have the year he had two years ago, but I think he'd still certainly clear – JT, um, and if that's what hey, if that's what it takes to keep him healthy, fine. You know, I'll I'll take that. I'll take that too. Well, it'll be very interesting. So you would pick McCaffrey. I know you have been picking him one hundred and one over Taylor, yes. and, and that's not about diversifying your portfolio. That's not. I mean, at one hundred and one, there's nothing contrarian about it. You're not getting the other guy later. It's all just like you would rather have him in redraft half point this year than Taylor bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. Bottom line. Yes. I don't know how many times I'm going to get a top two pick. So when I'm up in there, I just want, I want the guy that I think is going to, is going to be the best, the the best player. Um, I'll have, I'll have my Jonathan Taylor shares. Also, if I get the more one-on-one, I don't do like, I'm not going to do 150 of these or, or even 150 probably drafts this off season. Maybe I will, but uh, you know, so we'll, I'll, I'll get a little bit of each. If I, um, I haven't had a chance to test my theory at the two, the three or the four spot to hope that he falls to me there because I haven't gotten those picks yet. But if I, if I do, I will, uh, I'll probably be taking them there too. The spot that I really don't like in these drafts is four or five. That seems a little bit common year sure. to year, but I mean, I, I can get with McCaffrey in there. I can get to cup. Uh, or even Chase, but I don't really want to do Eckler right now because of possible changes to that offense. There'll be some new new uh, weapons in there, and nothing down on him. But I just rather not do it. I think if you get me to six or seven, and it's Eckler, then I'll do that. The guy on this, he's up, he's listed here. The player I'm drafting, it's the way it's worked out. It's happened like almost every time drafting. 7 to 12 or 6 to 12. I know I took him at 6 once is Tyreek Hill. Yeah. I mean, I just big on him. I, I think there's the, it's the the negative argument to each of these guys or at least after you get past Taylor and maybe McCaffrey or Cup is very tough on Tyreek Hill. What is the negative argument on Tyreek Hill? It's an injury, 
you take that out because that could happen to anybody. Right. Off the field, he, you know, there's that. He had that before, but he even played that year. What is the con argument to Tyreek Hill? You know? So for me, it, it, that makes an interesting point, which is, is that the right way to look at it? I mean, are you trying to avoid the worst case scenario for each guy? I mean, again, anybody can get hurt, but I have a tougher time comprehending a bad Tyreek Hill season than even Jefferson with a new offense, new coach, maybe new quarterback, or even, even Cup, actually. I don't think I would pick him ahead of Cup. Um, I don't like to have to make that choice, but I have a lot of Tyreek Hill already, and it's March 1st. Yeah, the only, you know, Tyreek Hill actually moves up a little bit, you know, on your receiver, on, on your just a big board because it's 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 half PPR. Whereas, so, he, you know, his strengths are, you know, yards, t- touchdowns. He's not really necessarily a PPR mo- monster. So he's actually a better pick. The only knock against him would be, uh, just team, just roster construction. Like if you want to, if you want to build with a heavy right. RB build, you know, you're not gonna, you're obviously not gonna take him there or any other receiver there. So right. that that would be. But if you're taking a receiver there, we don't know where Adams is gonna be. He's probably gonna be in Green Bay. Um, but uh, but yeah, he's certainly, you know, what's interesting is I don't I don't think he's finishes the wide receiver one ever, uh, which is which is which is in, interesting. But he's like you know he's a lock for the top five. Yeah, what's his low? Not sure. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know if this is right either. I I should know this, but what is the right attitude about round one? I, I feel like the right attitude about round one is don't get killed. Right. You know, That's right. Don't end up with somebody and yep. running backs have inherent risk. Anybody does. I just like the I like the feel of Tyree Kill there. I feel like I know what that offense is. They didn't win this year. They didn't win last year. I don't see any reason why they would want to slow down on him. I think they might want to finally, I would say finally, at least since Watkins add another wide receiver, they, they tried on Juju to sort of cut into that, but there's plenty of room for Tyreek Hill to have the same year, even if they do that. Yeah. So uh, you want to move on to round two? Yeah, let's move on, let's move on to two. AJ um, Brown. Oh. What? No, I can't tell it. if that was good or bad. That, that was my guy. Was it? Go ahead. Talk about him. I think the <laughs> all the arguments combined that are negative toward AJ Brown, eighty to ninety percent of them are injuries, which I don't care. I mean, I I, I want to try again. He's such a force. If if Henry wanes, or even if he doesn't, but if he does and he can stay on the field, they come back with Tannehill probably at worst. They can make some power play for Rodgers even better, but that's not likely. And A.J. Brown is going to be the number one on that team. And they were the one seed in the AFC. There's no way they're not thinking about competing and winning a championship there. So he's the right age, year four, for A.J. Brown. Like If he can stay on the field, I think it's just such a high ceiling. I, I don't think anybody on this list, you know, again, you talked about rock, roster construction. That's right. And so you could possibly want to rule out a wide receiver in this round. But apart from that, uh, he's the guy for me. Yeah, I love AJ Brown here. Um, has a shot at the overall wide receiver one. Um, I love, yeah, year four. He's a stud. No one denies his talent. The only knock on him is injury. Um, I love, and I just have a thing for guys who I think, and it's hard to, you know, find this stuff out. But when you see clips, like, 
I really feel like he loves the game. I feel like he loves to play the game. His attitude towards bringing Julio Jones to the, to the team, you know, his attitude towards Elijah Moore when Elijah Moore got drafted. And I don't know if you saw that video, that emotional video of him hugging Elijah Moore and just like being so happy for him and crying with him. I just feel like the guy loves football. And to me, that means something. It's a guy that's going to play through everything. And, and, and I, I, I think he's really, really good. Um, and I think he's my wide receiver in the second round. He's right now. He's he's my second round pick. I have taken Kelsey. I do like the if, when Kelsey falls far enough. Maybe that's my FFPC bias there. Um, and I also really like CD Lamb. You know, there's talk of Amari Cooper maybe not being there, not resigning Michael Gallup. I think uh, CD Lamb's got a chip on his shoulder. I think the old offense has a chip on their shoulder, kind of the way they went out last year. So. Um, city lamp could be another guy that can absolutely smash. Um, I've, I'm, I'm fine with either one of them. You know, I think Kamara is way too high here, especially with all the stuff surrounding him, you know, um, then you got the running backs in here. It depends on roster construction, but yeah, I love taking those, those, those two receivers. Running backs are always so easy to doubt. I mean, yeah. With, even without the off the field, it's just my first instinct is on running backs just tends to be why it won't work. Chubb is kind of like he, he's been this way for three or four years where you're like, oh, well, Kareem Hunt. Oh, if they get a passing game, oh, different things. You know, Chubb is good. Yeah. But there's always for me in my mind at that moment, there's a reason not to do it, which, yeah. you know, maybe that's a, a shortcoming of mine. But, uh, yeah, Brown and on Lamb, I just hate that coach i mean i just <laughs> how was it not when troy aikman makes a point and we all go oh yeah how right. bad our job are you doing yeah aikman who has never said one interesting thing on a broadcast in his career goes on a radio show after they lose to san francisco it's like oh well in my day not that he was not that he was even true because easily people unearth that and notice that it wasn't true. Oh, in my day, we just would have known to throw the ball to Michael Irvin all the time. They didn't even do that. But <laughs> when, when Aikman shows you up enlightened, you are not close to doing a good job. So yeah, lamb, everybody loves him as a player. Okay. Um, if they want to let Amari Cooper go, who's been very efficient and good in his career, even though Dallas can't really sort of notice that. Okay. I just yeah. and I like Prescott. Prescott's always been underrated to me, but I, I don't want to pick CD Lamb thinking there's just too many people there that don't you, you just know they're gonna make the wrong choice. And even without Jason Garrett, they still manage to be this way. So, you know, he's good, but um no. Um Waddle so, versus Lamb is a really interesting like I, I'm not sure I'm that brave. But Waddle, come on, isn't shouldn't I be if I feel this way? Like Waddle, the, the quarterback wasn't great, new coach there, but the, the new guy comes in, offensive guy, McDaniel, is like, start Jalen Waddle. He's like pouring all this energy and mojo and, and life into the idea of drafting Jalen Waddle. I think he in round two is okay. Maybe. Yeah, I can't, I'm not, I'm not there yet on Waddle. I get it. He had a million catches and targets and I could probably I could come around to him. I just if it's you know, Lamb or Waddle, I'm gonna go Lamb. If it's even you know, again it's my FFPC coming out. If it's Mark Andrews or Waddle, you know, I've seen too many. Uh, now Waddle was drafted very you know he got the draft capital and all that, and 
but we'll see with coaching and, you know, Tua will be a big, like if Tua's the quarterback, that's helpful because Tua, you know, can't throw very hard or very far. So Waddle's, they, they're using Waddle perfectly. They, they were using Waddle perfectly there. So I can see coming around to him. Um, I- Adam got stuck. I'm going to jump in because this is my chance. Adam's falling to the canvas. Waddle didn't even get Waddle didn't even get used the, the way he could. He's got a whole other dimension, I think, to his game as he showed in college. If the Dolphins emerge as a team that can do more, sorry, did I cut out there, Mike? Yeah, you did. Okay. We're back. All right, <laughs> round three. <laughs> don't worry, I, yep. I finished the Jalen Waddle. I finished that for you, so don't worry about it. I probably changed everything you had uh, written. All right, round three, Adam. Right. That's right. <laughs> Go ahead, round three. Who do you like here? Yeah, so round three, I've got – yeah, round three, I really – you know, the, he's going kind of at the turn, the Saquon Barkley. I love Barkley there. I love Gibson in the third. Again, I'm, so I'm kind of I'm kind of transitioning to the running backs in, in the third round. Um, I just feel like there's an opportunity for Saquon to get out of New York, especially today. Um, you know, the GM there talking about, like, yeah, we'll listen to all offers basically for Saquon Barkley, even if he stays there. I'm fine with it, with it too. There, um, you, you know, you were talking about, um, I think Jared, Jared Smola and Dwayne McFarlane were, were talking on Twitter the other day about how, uh, you know, Barkley needs to get involved in the passing game more. He was really good in the passing game, despite him not being really good last year. So, Barkley, Gibson. Um, and again, they've, there's, there's that is Gibson going to get the full role there. I think to bring back McKissick, I think Gibson's another guy I've been taking in the third round frequently because if McKissick doesn't come back and they don't sign some sort of scat back third down back, I think Gibson's going to shoot, uh, like where it was last year at the end of the first round. So that's a guy I've been taking here before that happens. And even if it does happen, if McKissick comes back, Gibson's certainly worth a third round pick regardless. So the two guys I've been looking at a lot in the third are Saquon Barkley and uh, Antonio Gibson. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can't – well, I, I shouldn't say it that way. I can't imagine a team trading for Saquon Barkley. I can't. It's the NFL. I mean, a lot of teams do screwy things. I can't imagine a team trading for Saquon Barkley. I just don't know why you would. And that's even with the possibility that he still has the same juice as he had at Penn State. But there is a question about that. I am totally on board with you on Gibson. I, I think – he has almost touchdowns in his rookie year notwithstanding. I think he's almost really been at his floor. You know they want to dress up quarterback. Like the coach and the whole situation there, new new name if you want it. Like they have to be ready to, to fire in Washington. And Gibson is their best guy. McKissick, I mean, he led the league in running back targets two years ago. Even with that, Gibson was very useful. So I think there's a higher uh, upside on Gibson and – I want that to be a really good offense. And I think he's good enough to catch the ball more and to play there. Plus the teams I'm the team I'm drafting tonight. And overall, I'm happy to get Tyree kill and AJ Brown or Diggs or even Adams or chase or Jeff. I love running. I love wide receiver one, two. And so that kind of forces me to get to Gibson. I could talk myself into Barkley and I even like acres, I think. And Adam may have left again, but I think acres is probably value because in the playoffs he played against tough defenses and didn't you know, coming off an Achilles tear. Like I know the Rams have moved on from guys pretty quickly, starting with Todd Gurley, but I think um, I think there should be some confidence in him 
organizationally going in the next year. And that, that would make uh, acres a good play in, in round three in these, these drafts. So I would be happy to do, to do any of those guys, but usually in these things, I'm finding myself wanting to get a running back in the third round. The next guy down is JK Dobbins. And that's okay too. You know, I think, I think with Baltimore as Adam returns, with Baltimore, they have yet to really be able to turn to J.K. Dobbins yet. It's his third year in the league, so I would see them wanting to do that. Adam Barkley, Gibson, Akers, even Dobbins, Zeke you get to eventually. I don't mind any of those guys. No, I love I love Dobbins too. I was taking him back in the first couple drafts I did. I feel like, like I said before, I feel like he's burning a hole in the Ravens' pocket. I feel like they're going to un- unleash him. Um, I know Gus, you know, Gus Edwards and all those guys. I don't even know if Gus Edwards is back, but they, you know, they like to have multiple backs, but I think Dobbins is ready. He's going to be ready to roll. And he's a guy I certainly like in the fourth. Yeah. He's going the fourth. I like going him. I like going, um, who else do I like in the fourth round that I've been taking? It's really, it's really been a lot of him. And I, and I did take a, a late fourth round Lamar Jackson last night, Mike, in honor of, of, of you. So, uh, I like, I got, I got the Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews stack going. So. Yeah, a lot of those, I think those quarterbacks in there, Herbert, Jackson, Burrow, in these drafts often come down to stacking and who you want to put them with. And so if you're drafting at the ends, it's easier to arrange that. Herbert and Keenan Allen, Burrow and Chase, Jackson and Andrews, those are the obvious ones. Well, let's talk about if you're if you're able here, Adam, or I don't know if you're falling off the face of the earth. Uh, internet-wise, hopefully not. But <laughs> I guess talk so. about. Tra- can we talk about Travis Etienne? Sure, sure. He's he's a he's a kind of a polarizing guy right now. Why not love Travis Etienne in round five? Why not? Boy. So yes, new coach, same GM. It's such a dysfunctional organization. I don't even know if I want to care. It's, it's got to be an upgrade. We talked about him last last time, right? I mean, explosive player. You're in the in the 50s to 60s of overall average draft position here. I mean, he's got no tread from last year. He's fine. Robinson tore his Achilles. Man, is it ever not wide open for ETN with his college quarterback, the best quarterback prospect of all time under center? Aren't the odds pretty good that they get that enough right to get your value out of Travis Etienne, I'm drafting him every every draft pretty much. It's worked out great for me. If if you if you love Etienne, I mean, you're having no trouble. Yeah, I think that's it. I think he was kind of a he was a guy that I loved in college. Not that I was a big college buff, but I really did. You know, that was this was last year. I really wanted the Bills to take a you know. I knew they were looking at a running back or something, so I was really locked in. And I saw him play in the in the, you know, the college playoffs and loved him. And then you know, kind of watching some of the draft nicks out there that that do this and kind of look at guys. I know Jay Moyer hated Travis Etienne, absolutely hated him. So I was kind of off him a little, a little bit. They also had another another running back there. Well, now you know you got was it an Achilles or an ACL? Yeah, Achilles. An Achilles. So it's like. You know that's that's going to be a problem for, for 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 Robinson and no again no draft capital in in Robinson, new coaching staff. So yeah, Etienne can absolutely be a guy that you know we're getting him in the fifth now, and you know if reports are out that Robinson's going to be on the pup, you know, in like August, then it's like man, 
uh, wheels up for 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 Etienne. He could, he could take that over and never never give it back. If you want to do one more round here for tonight, round six, this yeah. it will work off of different lists here, maybe. But there are just so many, so much range in upside downside on so many of these guys. With you know Michael Thomas is one. You've got a couple of tight ends here in this round. You have running backs. I mean, who are we talking about? Ceh would be one in this range. The quarterbacks, of course. The quarterbacks are more if you want to do it. I guess Kyler Murray suffices as a quarterback where you can see different outcomes, a little bit like Watson last year. Uh, do you have a favorite here? You know, I really like a guy I've been taking in the sixth round. If he falls, is Brees Hall. He doesn't fall generally to me that often when I'm when I'm there. Um, I really, really like Hunter Renfro. You know, he had a he had a breakout year last year. Um, you know, they got a, they got a coach coming in there. Now McDaniels that is proven to like to use the slot position with the guys with the same kind of profile as Hunter Renfro. Um, Derek Carr has a rapport with him. Um, generally when you have these quarterback slot rapports, they generally stick around unless there's other weapons added. I know Boyd didn't have a huge year last year, Tyler Boyd, but yeah, they brought in Jamar Chase. They have Higgins. That's not the situation for, for, for the Raiders. So I really, really like Hunter Renfro and another guy I've been taking a lot of is TJ Hawkinson, because I think he's being taken almost like he's the next tier way down when I think he's right up there with, um, sorry, I'm trying to pull it up here. I think Hawkinson is right up there with George Kittle. I think I, I have him ahead of Kittle. I, I have him right up there with Darren Waller. And those guys are being taken rounds beforehand. I mean, Kittle goes 38. Hawkinson doesn't go till 70. So I'm I'm almost taking I'm taking him like every single time because I think he's up there with those guys that are at 38, 30, 33. Um, I don't have him there with Pitts, Andrews, or Kelsey, but I really like Hawkinson. I really like Hunter Renfro. Fine on both counts. Uh, I like the Renfro argument. Hawkinson, I've always liked, and I really don't have a feel for what they're going to be. Like, do they want to be the same as they just were? Yeah. Drafting second, there's no quarterback there. They have Goff who wasn't the worst like do they want to be the same team again and how do they take a step forward if they want to take a step forward is it with Jared Goff I don't know I mean I'm not sure I'll get to that answer but Amon Ra I like him at end of five I I believe in what he put up and Hawkinson is fine and Swift is fine so there's a scenario I think where they're kind of interesting on offense but is that what they want do they want to win six games is it not with golf. I, I can't decide yet, Detroit. Now, Mike, my, my question for you is, do you like Amon Ra regardless of what they do in the, in the offseason? Pretty much, yeah. Then, I thought he was great. Then a guy that – then I would almost not be drafting him now and just wait for after the NFL draft of free agency because they're going to – I think they're going to add someone significant, whether it's the, you know, the first or second round of the draft or free agency. So at that point, Amon Ra's ADP is going to plummet, and that's when, if I were you, I would I would be jumping all over him. And that's where maybe, um, I, you know, I could have the same argument for Hawkinson too. Well, I, that that could be right. Um, is that player someone on the older side, young free agent? It's not going to be for all the money if they're not ready to win. Uh, but sure, there could be somebody in between there that works and seems like a, lo- a part of the long term plan. That's the only kind of player they would. Pick. I like the for the Lions. I like a quarterback in round two, given what this year sounds like, and then yeah. they can 
transition from Goff next year and maybe be just as good right away, which for their skill guys would be nice. I mean, they, they are starting to get some pieces. And if they do what you said, they'll become uh, even, even more interesting. So rounds one to six, some preferences. That's good. All right. We'll be back on Thursday night. The deep end this year going twice a week with our high stakes focused early draft show on Tuesday. And then Thursday is more of a dynasty show. We'll figure that out and it'll even have a new logo. Oh yeah. We always want a new logo around these here parts. Same sharks, different logo starting on Thursday. Can't wait. It's it's going to be the deep end officially. I mean, dynasty is, is is the deep end. A a wise guy said that one time. (laughs) All right. Thanks everybody for watching and we will see you Thursday night. Same time.